Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Commander's Contingencies podcast. I have decided to go on the Commander's Quest. That is my goal, to make a Commander deck on every with every single card in the game. So this episode, I'm just going to cover things that I've wanted to cover in the past, all in short segments, just so that I can talk about all the things that I want to. Alright, so let's get into it. So I'm going to be covering three different themes or ideas in this episode. How to use deck building tools, splitting decks in the binding binder system, and another one of my decks, which is a uh, General Tazri and Treader Zada deck. So first, I'm going to talk about how to use deck building tools. So deck building tools are basically cards that either let you find cards for your decks, or they let you compile it or get statistics about it, anything really. So the first thing I want to talk about is Metamox. Metamox is actually really useful for their find similar cards function. So usually when you're building a deck, uh, you will know what you're trying to do with it and you'll want a lot of similar cards that have the same type of effect. Metamox is great because you can you can add, you can put in a card, and you can add that, and you can find cards similar to it. Because Scryfall searches, while they can work, are not perfect because of slightly different wording. Plus, it also has a deck builder and other things. It's great for other formats, especially. It's great. Um... It's really useful in order to find similar cards. There's also Scryfall. Scryfall is really useful if you know how to use it. Scryfall is a magic card searcher. Don't use Gatherer. It, it's just not as good. So what you can do is there's lots of different criteria and you can just filter cards as you want. Now. It has descriptions on what they do, but I'm gonna give you a tip on how to use it. Say I wanted something like Beast Whisperer. Cards that say, whenever I play a creature somehow, I draw a card. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look up Beast or Beast Whisperer. Two, two green green for a creature elf druid. Two, three. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. That's great because that gives me the exact wording the other cards that let me cast creatures and draw cards are gonna have. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go and I'm gonna copy that text. I'm gonna paste it into the text. And I'm gonna think about it. What exactly, what, first of all, if there's other effects of the card, what segments do I care about? So just don't worry about the segments that you don't. And also what card, what parts of it could be varied? Like, maybe you don't care if it draws a card, you just want it effect. So you could just say whenever you cast a creature spell. Or maybe 
you don't want it to be cast, you want it to be enter. So there's a lot of different ways you can vary it. So usually what I do is I'll type it out a couple of the different ways that I know it could go. But again, that type of thing you would probably use with Metamox for if you're trying to find similar cards. Next is EDH Rec. EDH Rec basically compiles data from deck building sites and organizes it by commander. So the first thing you would want to do is just find your commander. Let's see, what if you're building Teshar, right? So what you're going to do is you're going to click your commander and you can also click the themes or the tribes or whatever you're doing. So I said we're doing Teshar. So I can click on Teshar and I can, of course, I can just look through it and see what cards are here. Then there's a lot of different features here. So there's also recent decks, which can be really useful if you just want to look at what someone has already done. And advanced filters is great. If you're building a deck, how most people don't build it. Like, say if you're building uh, Teshar, but you're not just doing combo, you're doing like artifacts, for example. So you might pick a card that only an artifact deck would run, and most people would run that would not be, and that most people would not run in a, in a non-artifact deck. Like maybe Salvage Scout. Salvage Scout is white for a creature human scout. White, sacrifice Salvage Scout, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. So, we'll say with Salvage Scout. If you're also doing some type of theme that is just a, that is just a, a permanent type, then you can filter with the greater than or less than. There's also a price. And you can also filter by land, lands if you're not trying to... Basically, if you at, say you want 34 lands, more than 34 lands, then that'll filter out most CEDH and that'll filter out most people that are just being really experimental with low land counts and also people that just don't know how to build decks. That's That could work. Um, so then you're going to look through it and be like, does this actually look like an artifact deck? These cards, are they all artifact related? In this case, yes. If not, just keep looking for a similar card. Another thing you can do is, first of all, if you're just looking through and you're like, and you think of a random commander that does the same type of thing, what you can do is you can just open a new tab with that commander. So that way you can look through more cards and find more cards. Then you can also filter by budget or price. So personally, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. There's cheap and expensive, 
which will cheap means the top the the lowest 10% of decks the uh, on price it will show only the cards from those and expensive is the highest 10% of price and it'll only shows those uh yeah i would recommend if you really don't care about money maybe you could filter by expensive but i think cheap is useful uh there's also the themes uh way of organizing it and uh edh rec has certain criteria for something to be categorized as say an artifact deck or a sacrifice deck whatever it is and it'll only show cards in those uh, categories so you can also also new cards look at those with wary because they're not necessarily useful it just means that they're new so people that want to update their decks can just go on edhrec and have it right there edhrec is a great resource but remember when you're building your decks don't let edhrec control what you're building come up with what you're building before you decide to to look on things like edhrec now if you don't have a problem with building the same deck as everyone else, because that's literally what EDHREC does. It shows you what everyone else is building. If you want, if you're okay with that, that's fine. You do you. But personally, I like to make my decisions and do my scryfall searches and my metamox searches before I build, before I go on EDHREC. That way, I can have a less biased view and more effectively filter because I've already found effective cards. Alright, now that I'm done with EDH Rec, uh, we're going to talk about... Now, there are a lot of different deck building sites out there. In my opinion, the only two competition the only two that are really that really have a fair competition is architect and tapped out basically architect is better in every single way except that tc is except that tapped out has mandatory um descriptions so you can always see what people are building and there is a larger community and more interaction around decks. That's a personal choice. Honestly, probably the best option is to put it on Architect and then upload it onto T Tapped Out the interaction too. But so you have the best of both worlds. I personally just use Architect. So for Architect, you can just make a new deck, or you can build it in the sandbox. It's pretty intuitive. You can add cards in the search. Uh, you can... Oh, one thing I've had a lot of people ask me about is whether... Uh, how you can get 
cards that are banned or have not been released yet. Sadly, there is no, uh, there's no filter for no legality. So you just have to search on the syntax search for the name of the card. You can also use Rex, which is like EDH Rec, and it also incorporates some extra recommendations from Architect. I don't know exactly how it works, but personally, I like EDH Rec better because I can filter it. But if you want more recommendations for your deck, go ahead. There's also Edit, which just allows you to import and export, or just if you prefer that. You can also use Views and Sort, so you can text or image. You can sort by custom, types, CMC full deck, color tag, collection. And then you can organize which way you want it to go from top to bottom. Uh, so it could be alphabet, CMC, price, set, color tag, collection, any of that type, any of that type of thing. And then you can choose something for price. Another thing you can do is if you add a card, you can add. So if you want to make custom categories, you can choose the little arrow and you can say category, slide to the bottom, create new category, and then you set and it'll be in that category. And then you can either drag other things into that category or you can just leave it or you can just have it be the only thing. Now, another thing you can do is on the top right, there's a color, a, a colored corner, and you can you can click different colors for color tags, and you can also click plus in order to make another color tag of whatever color you want. And then you can always con comment and make a description in settings. Uh, there's a lot of different things you can do. I've used Architect to build so many decks that I have learned all the tricks. Uh, if there's any questions, ask me. Oh, there's also the stats page, which will show you the number of types you have. It'll show you your mana curve, which is great. Having to being able to just look at your mana curve is really helpful. Probability uh, is great because you know that there's the um you know there's the hypergeometric distribution calculator. That's basically this integrated into the site. So that'll work, uh, but it doesn't allow you as much flexibility, sadly. But it also makes it easier to use. So, if you don't know how to use that, but, yeah. Uh, then there's also shopping, which will just allow you to buy your whole thing. Or, if you can also choose color tags or categories or something to buy, which is great. So, yeah. That's how you can use Architect. I don't really know how to use uh, Tapped Out. Personally, again, I use Architect, so if you don't, if you want to use Tapped Out, 
I'm pretty sure it's also pretty intuitive and it doesn't have as many features. Also, don't forget to you to play test your decks because just playing a couple hands will sometimes reveal things that you just didn't realize before. All right. So, the next category that I want to talk about is splitting decks and the binder system. So, first is what is that? So, splin- splitting decks and the binder system. Uh, first, I'm going to talk about splitting decks. So, splitting decks is the idea of having two very similar decks, having a basically like one deck box. And just having both sides of, like, one part is shared in between the two decks, and then you'll add a part of the deck in. That way, you can have multiple decks with the same cores and just save a lot of money. Why is, yeah. So, the limitations of this are numerous. One is it can take a while to split them. And sometimes you don't remember what cards you want to take out. Uh, by the way, I use the binder system, and I actually use both. I've used both of them. And personally, splitting decks works fine, but I don't like to split too many cards because if I do, then I'll have to remember all the cards that I have to split or write them down, which will take forever. So it can be very difficult to do. And there's also the binder system, which don't necessarily use binders. Whatever. The binder system is if you have, say, Cyclonic Rift, right? And you have, like, three blue decks. So you wanted three decks, but you only have one. Well, what what you can do is you can either put it in the back of your binder or put it in some top loaders. And you can basically put in some proxies and then when that card comes up you just replace it with that and another interesting thing about that is i don't know this isn't really logical thinking but technically wizard kind wizards kind of supports it because judges can first judges can give out proxies but that means very little and also Think about the flip card proxies. So, Wizard sort of supports it. Just swapping it out. Um, so this works. Again, same reasons. Save money. It can be difficult to swap it out. Um, and if you really don't want to swap it out, or if you're an official event, you can just swap it out at the beginning of the game or have decided already what deck you want to play so yeah it's an interesting system and i enjoy it because i don't have enough money (laughs) to buy everything and i want to have my cards in multiple decks but sometimes but it's also good to have diversity in your decks i have a very small amount of cards that i swatch in between decks And most of them are just lands. I wanted to talk about one of my decks. It is a Tazri Ink Treader deck slash Ink Treader Nephilim deck. 
So basically, there is, so I have two decks kind of, again, these are swapping out. And one of them, the commander is Tajri. And one of them, the commander is Ink Treader Nephilim. So first I'm going to go over the difference in between them. So Tazri is four and a white for an ally. General Tazri is four and a white for a three, four legendary creature human ally. When General Tazri enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an ally creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. And white, blue, black, red, green. Ally creatures you control get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of ally creatures you control. Sorry, where X is the number of colors among those among those creatures. So basically, I grab Zada, Hedron, Hedron Grinder, or Grinder, three in a red for a legendary creature goblin ally. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Zada Hedron Grinder, copy that spell for each other creature you control that the, that the spell could target. Each copy targets one of those creatures. So the goal of this deck is to create a lot of tokens and then cast a spell that targets something and that also says draw a card. Like Bandage, white for an instant. Prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn. Draw a card. So say I have four creatures. If I cast it on Zada, I have just drawn four cards for one mana. Because, you know, Ancestral Recall is not good enough. There are a lot of diff different ways that I can tutor out these cards. There's also Ink Treader Nephilim, which is red, green, white, blue for Creature Nephilim. If a if whenever a player plays an instant or sorcery spell if ink treader nephilim is the only target of that spell the spell could <sighs> copy that spell for each other creature that spell could target each copy targets a different one of those creatures and mirror wing dragon whenever a player cast an in casts an in instant or sorcery spell that targets mir only mirroring dragon that player copies that spell for each other creature he or she controls that the spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. So, I have lots of different ways that I can grab these, and a lot of different ways that I can profit from these, but basically I end up drawing a whole lot of cards, and then I'll win with Lab Man. I might add in that new blue card, too that allows me to see the top of my library all right next we have my ink treader nephilim deck ink treader nephilim is four or is red green white blue for a creature nephilim three three whenever a player plays an instant or sorcery spell if ink treader nephilim is the only target of the spell copy the spell for each other creature that spell could target each copy targets a different one of those creatures now, technically, Ink Treader Nephilim is not a legendary creature. So technically, it cannot be played as commander, which is why I have it as a swapping deck 
that either Inkchurter Nephilim or Tazri, or General Tazri, is the commander. That way, if my opponents want to play with this as the commander, are okay with that, then I will play that as the commander. If they are not, then I will play General Tazri as the commander. So that way, no matter what my opponents want, I can still play this deck because I really like playing this deck. It just does crazy stuff. Now, this again focuses on creating a lot of tokens and casting instant sorcery spells. Now, it's basically the same deck. There's only five or six cards that swap out. But I forgot to talk about these last time. One way that the deck likes creating tokens is cards that say, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, make a token. Or things that basically do that anyways. Like Young Pyromancer or Monastery Mentor. That says non-creature spell. Another card is Ayula's Influence. Green, green, green for an enchantment. Discard a land card, create a 2-2 green bear creature token. So, if I draw a lot of cards from Ink Treader Nephilim, copying it, I can discard those lands and create 2-2 bears so that I can use that to cast more, so that when I cast more card draw, I can draw more cards. Uh, there's Sahili. Another really good one is Silver for a part of them. Two and a green for a creature, wolf, warrior, trample. Two, two. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control becomes the target of an instant or sorcery spell, put a two, two green wolf creature token onto the battlefield. So, because of the exact wording, if I cast it on Ink Treader Nephilim, it will copy onto Silver for a partisan and make a two, two wolf. Then, when I cast another one, it'll make two, 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 two wolves because it will copy on both of them. Then it'll make four, then eight, then 16, etc. So this gets really explosive, crazy. All right, I'm gonna get more specific on the Tazri Ink Treader deck and the Ink Treader Nephilim deck. So there's a lot of different cards in here. Now, let's just go through it. Removal, of course, do what you want. I have eight pieces of removal because removal is good. Can't go wrong with that. So, for the win con, there's the choice between Glinthorn Buccaneer, which is one red-red for creature Minotaur Pirate with haste 2-4. Whenever you discard a card, Glinthorn Buccaneer deals one damage to each opponent. So that way... At the end of my turn, I just win. And Laboratory Maniac, which is two and a blue for a 2-2 human wizard. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead. So the decision is a hard one because Laboratory Maniac is much more high risk. If your opponent removes the Laboratory Maniac before you draw that card, you will just lose the game. And the Glinthorn Buccaneer, you don't need, you only need to discard 40 cards. So you only need to, to draw 47 cards. 
because then you'll discard 40 at the end of your turn. Personally, I think that Laboratory Maniac is better because you don't have to have as much mana in that point, plus it allows you to run cards such as Reliquary Tower. But, and it also allows you to play those draw card cards when, say, you have 30 creatures and you only have 20 cards in your deck. You can just play those, and it's, it's easier than you think to get that last little bit of cards. That's just a personal choice. If you want to do it, go the other way, that's fine. Plus, it's much more unique. Uh, Raths, again, are super flexible. Uh, so there's also a lot of tutors. And another thing you need, because sure, I'm drawing all these cards, is how I'm going to make mana. So one of those ways is through Jeskai Ascendancy. Jeskai Ascendancy is blue, red, white for an enchantment. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Untap those creatures. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may draw a card if you do discard a card. So if you run lots of mana dorks, which are creatures that tap for mana, or yeah, then what you can do is whenever you cast one, you basically get mana. I am running five mana dorks in it because mana dorks also synergize with the deck nicely in that you get two casts, you get creatures out on the board super early, and you get more mana, and it helps you combo off. So they fit into the deck nicely. There's also Dryad Arbor, Arbor which is a land creature forest dryad, and it's a 1 1, so it'll untap on that. There's also cards such as Enter the Unknown, which is green for sorcery target creature you control explores. You may play an additional land this turn. And Swell of Growth, target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. You may play, put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. And Karizev's Expertise, which is one red red for a sorcery. Gain control of target creature or vehicle until end of turn. Untap it, it gains haste from end of until end of turn. And you may cast a card with converted mana cost from your hand without... Pay two or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Karzev's expertise is good in a lot of ways. First, it can untap your mana dorks. Second, you can cast a whole lot of cards with CMC two or less. And third, if you are if you have Inktreader Nephilim, which it copies onto your opponent's creatures too, you can have all of the creatures on board untapped with haste. So that, that that's a very good card. Uh, there's also ramp. You can do whatever you want, but I didn't go with very much other than the mana dorks, soul ring, and smothering tithe. Simple. Uh, there's feather of the redeemed, which is simply a nice synergy. Red, white, white for a legendary creature angel. Uh, three, four with flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery that targets a creature you control, exile that card instead of putting it into your graveyard as it resolves. If you do, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. It's great because I can just cast them over and over again. Uh, next, we can go over the token producers. Noyandar Royal Shaper is three white blue for a legendary creature, Morphork Ally. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may put three plus one plus one counters on target land you control. 
If you do, that land becomes a 0-0 elemental creature with haste that's still a land, and it's a 4-4. So the reason I'm playing this, even though it's 5 mana, is it can turn my lands into creatures, which can then get untapped by Jeskai Ascendancy. Next, we have Metallurgic Summonings. 3, blue, blue, for an enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, sorcery spell, create an XX colorless artifact creature token where X is that spell's converted mana cost. And 3, blue, blue, exile metallurgic summonings. Return all instant and sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Activate this ability only if you control 6 or more artifacts. So I can get tons of artifacts, and if I need to, I can grab all my stuff back. Uh, Talrand, Sky Summoner. 2. Blue, blue. For a legendary creature, Murfark Wizard. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 2-2 two, two. blue drake creature token with flying. Kaikar, Winds Fury. 1. Blue, red, white. For a legendary creature, Bird Wizard. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. Sacrifice a spirit. Add red. Silver first partisan. 2. Green. For a creature, Wolf Warrior. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control becomes the target of an instant or sorcery spell, put a 2-2 green wolf creature token out of the battlefield. 2-2. So, as I went over before, if you have something that will copy onto those, it will double the number of wolves you have. So, you have, so for example, Ink Treader or Zada, Hedron Grinder. 3 and a red for a legendary creature, Goblin Ally. 3-3. Three, three. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell that targets only Zada, Hedron Grinder, Copy that spell for each other creature you control that that spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. So, if you cast it, it will copy to all your creatures, including Silver for a Partisan. And since it is a werewolf, a wolf, it will create a 2-2 wolf. Because it, whenever a wolf you control becomes the target of an instant or sorcery spell, put a 2-2 wolf. And then that, the next one you spell, you cast, will make two. Because you'll have two things that are targeted. And then it'll just keep on happening. So that is great. Then we have Sahili, Sublime Artificer. One, red, hybrid red-blue, hybrid red-blue. For a legendary creature, legendary planeswalker, Sahili, with five, five loyalty. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact creature token. And negative two, target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until end of turn, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. There's also Monastery Mentor. Two, white, for a creature, human monk, with prowess. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a plus one, plus one, put a one, one white monk creature token with prowess onto the battlefield. Uh, it's great because it makes little guys, and I can also kill people with those little guys. There's also life and death. Life is green for a sorcery. All lands you control become 2-1-1 creatures until end of turn. There's still lands. And death is black. And technically I'm not running any black in this deck. So it's only in the general Tosri version of the deck. And I really, I have a very small amount of cards that actually let me produce black. But... I still run it because I'm mostly playing it for the life side. And it says, return target card from your graveyard to the battlefield. You lose life equal to its converted mana cost. There's also Iula's Influence. Green, green, green for an enchantment. Discard a land card. Create a 2-2 two, two green bear creature token. So if I draw a lot of cards, then I can discard them 
and get bears. There's also Young Pyromancer, which is 1 in red for Creature Human Shaman. 2-1. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, create a 1-1 red elemental creature token. So, if I run, if I cast a lot of instant or sorcery spells, I'll create a lot of tokens with these. And because I have 10, I'm likely to draw one by the time I start going off. So, I am running a lot of target cantrips. And the important part of them is that they are cheap and that they say draw a card. And that they don't do anything really bad. So, I'm running 16. You can run more. Uh, it's just a personal choice. But the more you run, the less creature producers you have to run. Because in order to have good odds of drawing another cantrip by casting that cantrip, you have to have a certain number of creatures. Personally, I like to have a pretty good distribution of both a lot of token producers and a lot of cantrips. I am also running a couple of tutors because although General Tosmi can grab me Zada, the, the best possible choice is if I get an Ink Treader Nephilim, because it'll target my opponent's creatures too, so I'll draw more cards. So I'm running Gamble, Eladomri's Call, and Bring to Light, so that I can grab those cards. So there's also another really good card in here is I'm also running a couple of other random cards like Ristic Study. I'm not telling you what Ristic Study does. You know what it does. And there's also cards such as Noxious Revival, which is a Phyrexian green. So you can pay two life or play a green. And it says it's an instant put target card from a graveyard on top of its owner's library. So not only does this prevent me from decking myself, which is important, but I can also just use it as recursion. Uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist is one in a red for a creature zombie wizard. When Dreadhorde Arcanist attacks, you may cast an instant or sorcery card with CMC less than or equal to Dreadhorde Arcanist's power from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. It's quite good. I can just recast my cantrips. And regrowth is one and a green for sorcery. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, lands are quite flexible. And yeah. So that's my deck. There are a lot of people that have built a similar deck to mine. And there are a couple of cards that I swap out for my Inktress deck, and it's widely explored, but this is my version. I will put the decks in the description. All right, the final thing that I wanna talk about is the quest that I am about to embark on. So the my concept is to start to make a commander deck 
that has a card. Basically, there are roughly 18,000 cards in Magic the Gathering's history. I want to make commander decks that have every single one of those cards. I have never found, I don't know exactly how to say that well, but say a card has like 60, a deck has like 60 cards, right? So if I build like 3,000, 300 decks, then each one of those would have, would be like 18,000 cards. So if I do that with no overlap, of course, so my goal is to do that and have every single card in Magic the Gathering's history that is not banned or an uncard in a deck. My plan is that once I achieve that goal, I will start on banned or just things that aren't legal for some reason, maybe uncards and stuff. Maybe I'll like, I'll either integrate them into my decks and make more decks, or I'll just make decks consisting completely of those. This is going to be completely digital, and it'll be on my Architect page. There'll be a folder called Commander Quest. I have not started brewing yet, but when I do, I plan to do two decks a week, and I will put those up on my Architect page, and I will go over them somewhat thoroughly on this podcast. This is my current plan, and I am open to refining it. I am also going to be putting up a website soon. I still need to finish working on it, but yeah. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week. You can join my Discord server in the link in the description. You can send me voice messages through Anchor, also with the link in the description. You can find me on Architect at I'm a Johnny, and you can find me on Disc on Reddit at CMDRS Contingencies. I will see you next week.